Praise God. You ready? All right. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and thank you for the opportunity really to hear your word, to be in your presence, to uh, sit at your feet, Jesus, and know and understand what you desire to tell us and encourage us in and what your great plan is for us in this earth. So we thank you for that opportunity. We bless you and we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. So uh, today we're going to talk about your rightful place, your rightful place, what you have a right to uh, receive from God, what you have a right to expect from God, and why. Uh, I think sometimes we're told about our covenant and covenant rights and all of this, but there is a purpose behind everything that God does, and that purpose is always given to us as we uh, read the word, study the word, and get understanding of the word of God. The other part of it is there has to be a timeliness to our activities down here on earth. Jesus is the head of the church, so he synchronizes the church, the earth, with heaven. Uh, we, we, our plea is to be to let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we seek God, we are seeking to bring heaven down here on earth. And so he has to have people who are tuned into that, who understand it, who know it, and who operate in it. So we do have a rightful place in God. We have a rightful place that is a different place than we've ever experienced before. Uh, Ephesians 2, 6, if you turn there, and uh, it says here in verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, so that's a place you used to occupy. Amen. You were dead in your sins. We all thought we were having a good time. and uh, Thought we were it. And, you know, all had everything figured out. All we had to do was get whatever it is that, that we thought was going to uh, make us happy. And, and we had everything all figured out. And then you run into a snag in life. Everybody needs God for something. And so <clears throat> we start to cry out. There's a different something Uh, calling us to a different place and so it's a placement thing that we have to always be mindful of we are positioned in this earth we are physically here but that is not our rightful place our rightful place is not here our rightful place is in heaven so he says here even when you were dead in sins he has quickened us together or you are made alive together with Christ Man, you are made alive together. So you are sharing a life with God. No, that's a covenant term. You share life with him. You're not living on your own anymore. In fact, you were dead in your sins and thought you were alive. Now you're alive, but you're not alone. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a blessing. So he says he has raised us up together made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we sit together with him. Amen. So he says that in the ages to come, this is the reason God repositions you. So that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Toward us through Christ Jesus. 
So we're to sit together in heavenly places that for all time God is using us to show forth the riches of his kindness and his grace through Christ Jesus. So we are to demonstrate something to the earth. When he says we are to show forth these things, it's our job to demonstrate them to the earth. He says, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we are here to show forth the riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. So if nothing else... You are to let the, the world know the kindness that God has shown toward you. That's your testimony. It, this is what we do. You cannot live any higher than you can share your testimony. <clears throat> you live at the height of what you share and what you know about God's goodness to you. And so your rightful place is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus by virtue of his grace and by virtue of your obedience to that scripture if you if you don't know that your rightful place is in heavenly places you'll seek a lower place many people fight to hold on to their old self you know what they used to do you know you see people and they even want to laugh about it Uh, if you fall into bad habits sinful habits you know you Sometimes we get frustrated, angry, might curse or swear or throw something, you know, and and we'll laugh at things like that sometimes. That's not funny. That's not your rightful place. See, you've accepted a low place because you don't accept the high place. You have to accept one or the other. You must accept your seating in heavenly places in Christ Jesus or you will accept a lower place. No two ways about it. And so in accepting the high place, you have to live as Christ would live. Say the things he would say. Think the things he would think. Do the things that he would do. Accept life on his terms. Not on your own terms. Because there's nothing cute and funny about rejecting the things of God. You know, it's just something to confess and get out of the way. God help me. I'm stuck here. I can't do any better, it seems. I'm trying, but it's real hard sometimes. And so he sees your struggle. He knows what you're doing. And he has already accepted you in your rightful place in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That place is never vacated for you. It's always, that place is held for you throughout eternity. God never changes his mind. I don't care what it is that we do that's that's uh, um, disobedient or shameful or anything like that. Your place, your rightful place is always held for you. It's it's never, you're never kicked out of your spot by God. Let me put it that way. You're never. So we should we should not be people who, who are afraid to admit our faults to God or afraid to confess our weaknesses to God and expect help from him. You know, expect mercy and expect help. You know, forgiveness is not a free pass to live low. Forgiveness is an opportunity to come up to your high rightful place. Amen. It's an opportunity to come up. It's not an excuse to live down. Many people are looking for. You see I see these people gobbling up grace teaching. They have no clue what it means. 
because you can tell by the way people go after it they're looking for an excuse for bad behavior they're not looking for help to live high you got me they're looking for an excuse for bad behavior well grace covers it it doesn't grace enables you to do the will of God it enables and empowers you to do God's will mercy excuses you and we all need the mercy of God every day that you live you live in the mercy of God I ask God for mercy continually you know the little bit I've done to obey him I haven't done it on my own power are you kidding me we have nothing to commend ourselves before God but as we live in Christ Jesus then these things become more real and more possible so we sit together with him because he has elevated us above this present world we are made we are quickened and made alive together with Christ we're seated in him and with him in heavenly places the Bible says we're far above all principality and power why are we discouraged why are we downtrodden why are we talking like gutter people why are we acting why are we after the same things the world is after we're elevated so the Bible says if you're alive with Christ seek the things that are above where he is what's above what's above is what's on God's mind not on what's on the carnal man's mind but what's on God's mind we also have an inheritance in God I mean you're seated with Christ and you are heir of everything that he has possession of and you receive your inheritance in the now anybody ever heard of an inheritance they had you expect it to come to you while you're living you don't expect it to be waiting for you in the great by and by you expect it while you're living so your mortal body can enjoy the benefits and the fruits of your your inheritance in God this inheritance must be claimed by faith so the more you live for God and in him the more you receive the word and think God's thoughts the more you do those things the more clear it becomes to you who you really are your rightful place starts to get comfortable to you that's when you start to really identify with Christ is where when you know you're seated in heavenly places and you start seeking things that are above you know you belong there that's the best feeling in the world to know that God has paid for you and you belong there that's why you got me not because you do everything right and you didn't do anything wrong and when you did something wrong you got disqualified that that's not true at all your rightful place is found in your life in Christ so always be quick to repent always be quick to turn your mind back toward God always be quick to humble yourself and accept God I messed up I did that wrong and I'm going to repent and go for you again get me back seated where I belong you ever realize the more you're seated in heavenly places and identify that the less trouble you get into <laughs> you stay seated with Christ you won't goof up anything you won't mess up anything but it's when we accept a low place is where we start doing low things and we get the results of the low life I always would talk about uh, I said you know there's certain people they can't accept uh, 
the goodness of God. It's, they live constantly in the past. And that, that person is reckoned dead. If you reckon that person dead, there's no life there for you to get involved in. But people are so conscious of their flesh and conscious of the cry of their their uh, flesh man for certain things that it gets that gets to be normal to them again instead of letting the normality of God take over. If God says you're seated in heavenly places with Him, the first thing you say, well, God, what does that mean? What do I do? What? 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 what, what show me. Teach me. Tell me. <laughs> That's humility. It's saying humble to God for him to teach you what it means to be seated with him in heaven. What does that mean, God? Seated with you in heavenly places. That means that you live above the temptation of the enemy. You live above the pull of the devil. You live above the pull of your flesh. And the mistakes that come with it. So when you know that you have an inheritance in God, you'll seek that. You'll want it, and you'll want it for the right reasons, and you'll want it in the right way. Our inheritance in God must be claimed by faith. We have to believe. You've got to believe. You're a new creature. Everything's new. i got a new <clears throat> manner of speech. got a new way of thinking, new way of believing. I can believe for great things in God, uh, greater than what I've ever believed before. Uh, you know, and, and set my mind and my affection on things above. What does God want from me? What does he want me to do? What has he told me that I'm to do? So we, when we start engaging in those things, then we are, are seated in heavenly places. Our seating becomes real. God knows if we have faith or not. Well, these things have to be claimed by faith, and God knows if we have faith or not. Faith looks like Jesus looks just like him so when God looks at us he knows if we look like him or not just like your kids look like you you know if you have they had a hundred kids in a crowd somewhere and they herded them all out you could go pick yours out without much trouble at all you look for somebody looks familiar to you looks like you well that's what God does when when he looks for faith he's looking for somebody look just like his son Amen? That's what faith looks like. It looks like Jesus. And so when you look like him, then God can spot you very, very quickly and spot that you're believing him and your faith is real. And then you have access to his presence. You have access to your inheritance. So he must see his reflection in us to know that we are his. And that's faith. When you believe him and you trust him, he sees the right reflection. He looks for faith down here on earth. Who's believing him? And how are they demonstrating it? <coughs> God does not believe you believe anything until you show him something. So we have to trust him totally in order for our faith to work. You can't trust him just when you need something. Or, you know, we've all played this game. Trust him with the stuff you really want. And then if there's something that challenges you, you want to slack off on it. Faith does not work like that. See, that's deception. So when you're operating deceitfully, 
you're not really operating in God's the spirit of his son Jesus is not deceitful at all he's honest about everything and so we have to accept the fullness of what God has for us the full package of faith in God there are certain things God will challenge you to do he'll have you to to uh, be a giver he'll have you to to forgive people you know and love people even who don't love you or don't treat you back it's in the bible says it's easy for for you to love people that love you come on now god has a more of a challenge for you amen. what if, what if you meet somebody who's like you amen. hard to get along with sometimes sometimes you're in a good mood sometimes you're not so you gotta love that person too we all think that we're easy to get along with and we don't make mistakes but you know the truth is very very different Amen. so God has us to love those who are not quite our cup of tea Amen. anyway <laughs> and it works both ways think about it. if you're extending love and consideration to somebody who rubs you the wrong way you rub somebody else too so they're extending courtesy to you we're not fighting and clawing each other out there we're getting along so that's, that's what God wants. So God must see a reflection, his reflection in us to know that we are his. And when we uh, live in faith, that's what he looks for. Faith in him makes us his instruments. And then we become, when we trust God and we let go of our control of things, we become instruments of his will. We're no longer the same person. Mm-hmm. We are no longer the same person. Brother, you got something to write with, brother, or no? I just saw you. You got it? Why don't you get something every time we get together? Give him this pen, this one. There's some little notebooks over there. Let him, you know. Praise God. What you got in your bag anyway? That big bag. <laughs> Should I ask? <laughs> no. I'll keep going. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> many people fight to hold on to sameness. You know what I mean when I say sameness? Our biggest struggle is not changing the way God wants us. Not allowing the change to take place. We struggle to hold on to sameness. Now, this is deception because when we got saved, we were begging God, weren't we? Yes. Oh, God, whatever it takes. I don't care. I hate this life. Right. And then we get beyond the crisis point, Amen. and you got a decision to make. Amen. Do you continue, humble yourself, and continue on with God? Or do you struggle to hold on to sameness? You've got to let things go and continue on in God, even though it it may mean not having the things that you want immediately. Amen. You couldn't get those on your own anyway. So it's not like God's depriving you of something. It's amazing how we can really love God, really trust God, and really want this and really want that. And then mentally you start to accuse him if you're not careful. And so you have to make sure that you keep your seating in heavenly places through the mind of Christ. You think the thoughts of God. 
You talk like God. You believe like God. You start doing everything according to the God model and quit fighting to hold on to your sameness. Hmm? It is. It's a losing battle anyway. That person, by God, that person is reckoned dead anyway. That's why God doesn't respond to our carnal prayers. He doesn't hear our whining and moaning. He just turns a deaf ear because that person's dead already. He only hears the cries of the righteous when we are in right standing with him. You can call yourself righteous because of a first time confession of salvation. But there's tons of people out there. We got relatives out there that we may pray pray the prayer. Remember? And they've gone off and lived for, for the devil starting the next day. They've never turned around and really repented and started to live for God. And so there's that truth about all of us. We can say we love God. We can pray the prayer and you know do that but if you continue to live on a lower level that's not your rightful place because you're fighting to hold on to sameness you know many times people we get into the bad habits sometimes you know I've seen people uh, they'll start struggling and don't do the things that they need to do to live for God you know um, sometimes people struggle with with uh, um, not paying their bills on time, not being faithful, not being consistent, not being timely. Well, that's going to be a struggle for you till the day you die. You don't quit and you don't go back to sameness because once you start accepting sameness, you'll start making excuses for it. See, where you used to repent and say, God, help me to, to live up to your standard because and, and, I know it's possible. <laughs> See, you've got to first know it's possible. God's not asking you to do something that's impossible or unnecessary or wrong to do. And so once you decide that it's possible to do it, you have to stay with that confession for however long it takes for God to help you make the change. You can never accept sameness. You know. You look at the empty chairs where people used to come to service and they don't come anymore. It's because they start making these excuses and accepting sameness. Got me? Where they, you know, young people sometimes they'll, they'll struggle with lust and will stay away from people that, that trigger that in you, but they don't do it because they like feeding their flesh. And then they just start making excuses. Well, you know, everybody does this. I don't. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If you can find one person that lives right, that means everybody don't do it. You understand what I'm saying? And, and you don't even have to find some person that's living good. You just have to know God expects it of you. Look at Noah. He was the only person living right. And he did it. You got me? If you're the only person living, don't ever compare yourself to another human being. Because you already you've accepted a lower level. You got me? Don't ever compare yourself to your neighbor and what they do. And it looks like they're getting away with something. That's just so childish. Now, you, you've lost the battle right there because you, you think living holy is wrong. And living, you know, at a low level, there's something enticing about it to you. So you feel you want to get away with something too. You're not getting away with anything. 
because these things have to be paid for and so the wages of sin is still death i don't care who sins whether you're a so-called righteous person or you know a sinner state whatever the wages of sin is still the same price as death all unconfessed sin will have to be paid for we've got to stay in that place of confession stay in that place of repentance stay in that place of being close to god whatever it takes you just want to be in his in that seated in your rightful place so whatever it takes to keep your rightful place that's what you do so don't ever fight to hold on to sameness and accept a lower place than what god has ordained for you that's a losing battle anyway because god's stronger than you and if he wants you seated in heavenly places you will know it and he's not going to seat you there unqualified you're going to qualify to sit there we are never told to fight to make excuses for our weakness we're told to fight the good fight of faith which is a a fight to maintain your position in your rightful place the devil's always trying to pull you down he'll get you focused on symptoms just because they don't go away quickly you know you think if you you know i got to get serious about this well get serious about it but don't focus all your time on something that's been dealt with already you're not dealing with anything what you're doing is accepting truth truth is you're healed you're not sick you're healed amen now you may fight to hold on to that truth but you're not fighting uh, you know, in a in a way where where you're you're the one who has to get the victory. The victory is you're fighting to maintain what God's given you, even if you haven't seen it before. You don't want it to slip away from you. It belongs to you, even if it's never manifested in reality yet. It's it's there by faith. So your faith is going to have to be your reality for a long time. <laughs> you got me. So let your faith be your reality. We are told to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on things that are eternal. So you apprehend, lay hold on, grab, grip things that are eternal. So when you lay hold on something, uh, you know, that's a wrestling term. You know, Olympic Games and and physical sport was very, very important to uh, the Greeks and the people who lived in the age that the Bible was written, the New Testament was written. And a lot of the references and analogies in the epistles refer to uh, some type of athletic feat or some type of athletic game. And when he says lay hold on, that's a wrestling term. Wrestlers, that's when we even see that in Olympic games now. They call it Greco-Roman wrestling. You know, they don't. They are trying to get other forms in there, but the traditional was what they call the Greco-Roman wrestling, where you you pin the person down. You weren't trying to physically uh, harm them or hurt them, but it was a, stro- a show of strength. And they had a, a perimeter that you operated in, that little wrestling circle. If you got outside of it, you had to go back in again. So it was, was hand-to-hand combat. It was not mortal combat, but it was a test of strength. And so when you would lay hold on your opponent, you're gripping him with all of your might to keep him where he's supposed to be. 
That's what we're supposed to do with the things of God. To lay hold on those and let go of this carnality. You can't hold on to your your carnal dreams and fantasies at the same time that you lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life is real. It's no fantasy. You being a soul winner is the most real thing you'll ever do. <laughs> it's real. This other stuff is fantasy. You know, I want to be a millionaire. I'm going to have this and all that stuff. That stuff will be here when you die. You're going to leave it all right here. When he says lay hold of eternal life, that means to spend your exercise, your faith, your energy, your strength. Grasp the things that belong to eternity with all of your might and all of your strength. Don't use your strength on these things that... It's just like Paul says, we're not like those people who beat the air. Amen. You know, in, in what he was doing, at the same time he's using natural sport as an analogy, he's putting it in its place as being a lower, uh, lower thing to be desired. You got me? This is you can you can uh, 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 practice all you want to beating the air, but that's not what we do. We're doing real stuff here. You got me. We're doing things that are real. We're not pretending and fantasizing and pretending to be soul winners and just talking about it and never do it. We actually get out and do these things. What are you saying? So he says, when you fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on each other, grab that with it and get a good grip on it and don't let it go. You know, it's it's valuable. It's it's for all the marbles when you lay hold of eternal life. <clears throat> so God's faith pertains to eternal things that will endure forever. That's why it doesn't seem a lot of fun to some people sometimes. You know, it's not as exciting as, you know, talking about material things or, you know, how God's going to bring you a new car, new job, new career, yada, 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 yada. Even even sometimes our ministry things get to be carnal, you know. It's, hey, you don't give me, I'm gonna have the biggest this and the most that, and yeah, 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 yeah. Just go win one soul. Get your husband or your wife saved, or your kids saved, or your neighbors saved. Can you do that? You don't have to go big. You don't have to have the most anything. Just what whatever you do. Make it real and make it something that reflects your rightful place in God. Let it let it line up with your rightful place in God. You don't have to be saved to be a millionaire. You don't have to be saved to get a good job. You don't have to be saved to have money. Look at all the sinners that have and how much they have. That proves it right there. But you have to be saved win a soul to Christ that's something you can do that Donald Trump can't do and I mean you know if he's really a Christian whoever these Christian people are these wealthy be you can do something he can't do right now he can do it if he gets saved and serves God but you know there are some things we can do that others can't do you, know, you can remove sickness with a prayer, with a laying on of hands. You can bring people out of a depression over into a new life. They'll be seated with you too. So these are the things we lay hold on. You forsake that nonsense. You know, things will catch up to you if you serve God. They'll be waiting at your house when you get there. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. They will. Amen. Things are no problem to God if you're doing what he wants you to do. So this is why preaching the gospel is so important in the plan of God. You're seated there with authority over principalities and powers. Not so you can line your pockets. Not so you can have a big ministry and a big church and a big auditorium and lots of fans and you can blow up and all this other stuff. You are seated in heavenly places so you can be effective for somebody's on their way to hell if you don't intervene. Got me? They're on their way to hell if you don't intervene. So the human soul is the one thing capable of receiving eternal life. The Bible says he who wins souls is wise. You need to want wisdom. Want to be able to, to move people in the right way. So the human soul is the one thing capable of receiving eternal life. So that becomes our mission. And everything we do begins to center around God and what's dear to him. Daddy, what can I do to please you? What can you do to please your father? You know, a lot of times when you're your children living at home, uh, you never think about pleasing your dad because your dad is such a big figure in your life. You know, you don't see yourself as being able to do anything for him. You always see yourself as receiving. But as believers, we can do a lot to please the Father God. Amen? We can do a lot. God is zealous to win the lost. And to manifest his kingdom in signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. And he shares that zeal with us. He puts that zeal in us. To win the lost and to manifest his kingdom in signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. And the purpose is to relieve oppression. You know, Jesus went about doing good and and, uh, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. That's God's main mission. To help the hurting. To help the helpless. To relieve oppression. So we do these works of God when we step out and share the lost. Share Christ with the lost. And you do that from your rightful position. You have a right to tell everybody about the goodness of God. We do the works of God. And the greater love is shown when we preach the gospel. That's how you show the greatest love. You tell people about the greatest love. Greatest, greater love has no man than this that he lay down his life for a friend. You don't have to worry about putting down your flesh or crucifying your flesh. Or, you don't worry about the flesh. When you're seated in heavenly places, it's dead. And you start operating out of the knowledge that God gives you to do his will. You don't worry about You won't get into trouble with anybody. You won't lose any money. You won't spend too much. You won't cheat on your bills and, and rob Peter to pay. You want when you're out doing the work of God, that stuff is not even in the picture. It's not a threat to you. So that's why the Bible tells us to reckon ourselves dead to sin, alive to righteousness. Go about doing the righteous thing. 
What would Jesus do? And you just can't do it on the spur of a moment. You have to dedicate yourself to this. You have to to pray and keep yourself available to God. You know, you can't be a part-time soul winner. This this has to be your mission. It has to be on the front burner of things. Now, I know we all fallen away from where we first used to to uh, uh, you know share Christ with people you know many times we you know things come up and we never go back to to our rightful place but I'm telling you your rightful place in this earth is sharing Christ with people and doing the works of God letting God confirm your words with signs following let him heal somebody let him make it real to them the more you understand your seating the more natural it will be to you to pray for somebody, to offer prayer to somebody. If they say no, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the God that sent you. That's okay. You'll get another chance to pray. for. Listen, sick people stay sick unless God intervenes. You understand me? So you'll get another chance to pray for that same individual. You know, if they don't receive what God has, they'll be sick another day. You know, to to uh, you know, there's always a second and third chance to do these things. I always say, you know, people think they're putting you off forever. Uh, forever's a long time. I used to tell my late husband that I'll never believe like you believe. I said, well, never's a long time, my friend. <laughs> it was a long time. <laughs> Pretty soon he was believing too. You know. People, people say anything to keep you from, you know, they feel if they can offend you or, or hurt your feelings, you quit. That just makes me more want to do it more. So, ooh, I touched a nerve. I'm getting somewhere, making progress. Huh? Many times people want to patronize you, act like they're going along with things, and they're really not. They're, they're rejecting it, but they don't want you to know. And so you have to stand firm on your conviction that everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs God to help them with something. Everybody needs alleviation from suffering. The the devil's harming everybody. And God will help you locate where that person's need is. And he will help you to meet that need. He wants to meet that need. It's not like you won't have answers. But you've got to stay with the Spirit. You can't fish around in your head for them. You've got to let God start to bring that to you. You know, pray in the Spirit when you go out of the house. Ask God to bring people to you that really, really need Him. You know, uh, just in a normal conversation you can get into. I was so blessed. I saw this thing. I meant to see if I could get it get it for us for today. Um, somebody had it on Facebook, but it was a man preaching in Walmart. And uh, he, he was preaching the gospel. It just standing up over his grocery cart all of a sudden the spirit of God hit him and he boy he let loose with it you know what I'm saying and these are things these are signs of God's desire God is zealous to win the lost you don't think he sees these people going in and out of Walmart and has compassion on them and want to save them so he has to raise up somebody who doesn't care about how they look because they know their rightful place that man knows he's seated in heavenly places with Christ. He knows the message that God has given him. And he's willing to share that message no matter what the circumstances. So so we're going to go out today. Those of you who plan to and who can, we'll go out and go over in the um, area over in um, 
What's that place called? Hamtramck, yeah. And uh, uh, invite some people to church. Invite them to, to talk to, you know, talk to them about God. Talk to them about, you know, what God can do for them, what he's promised to do. Have you received the Lord? Have you, do you know all the good things God has for your life? He's just We just want to share with you all of those things and more of them. So praise God. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be your instruments and to know our rightful place in the earth. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus to do your will and your will alone. So we thank you, Lord, for enlightening and encouraging us, giving us the zeal to go out and to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. Amen. Little boom it box.